Genesis 39 is such a great encouragement and inspiration to me, showing the working of God, showing that God blesses us wheresoever we go. Even if it doesn't look like God is blessing us, it is a blessing. I can give you a personal example on this one. A man became angry with me and turned me into IRS, asking them to audit me, thinking to do me harm. Two agents from the Internal Revenue Service of the United States government came out to my house to interview me. When I opened the door and greeted them, one of the agents said the name of the man who had turned me in, and I said, no, I'm Joan Boney. And he looked very embarrassed because what he had accidentally done is looked on his papers and seen the name of the man who turned me in, hoping to do me harm. And I knew that's what it was. As I greeted them, I said, now, if there's anything at all wrong with my IRS tax reporting in the past, it was an error, a mistake not done intentionally, you are welcome to take all of my cancel checks with you when you leave today, and you can examine all of my checks. And they were shocked. I guess people don't usually do that with them. But the woman who was the, one of the agents said, did you hear her? She said we could take her checks with us. Well, of course they could. I'm not trying to defraud the United States government. I did my own taxes, and it would simply be a mistake if there was anything wrong. So they took all of my checks with them when they left my house. And in about two weeks, they contacted me that I could pick up the checks from the Internal Revenue Service office. And I said, well, did you find anything wrong? And the agent said, no, I didn't. And he said, there is one thing I want to ask you about. He said, the ministry does not pay Social Security taxes on you. I said, yes, when we set up the ministry with the IRS, we could take a vow of poverty, and we did not have to buy into the Social Security program. And at that time, my tax man that set it up, who was a retired IRS tax man, he set up these things for ministries, and he didn't want me to take this vow of poverty because if I took it, I could never buy back into the Social Security program if I signed the papers and took it. I just told him, I said, we didn't have any money at that time. We couldn't afford to pay Social Security taxes on me. So I signed a vow of poverty, and he said, well, that was never filed with the IRS. So if you want to buy back into Social Security, you can pay the back taxes on it and buy back in. Well, by then we had money. And I said, oh, yes, I would like very much to do that. So he told me I owed them $8,000, which I was able to pay at that time. So I wrote him out a check immediately and bought back into the Social Security program. By doing that, it meant that I would receive, at the age of 62, as it was then, monthly checks from the Social Security, and also I would receive Medicare. 
so that if I had to be hospitalized, they would pay for 80% of the hospital cost. About 10 years later, I did have to be hospitalized with a broken hip. And everything was paid for with Medicare and my hospitalization supplemental policy. We weren't out any extra money. And that would have been thousands of dollars for that surgery. And I had to spend one month in assisted living. So it turned out to be a great blessing that this man did when he was trying to do me harm. Another great blessing in this story is when I was 62, they started paying me $500 a month from Social Security. When I started receiving that, I stopped taking any salary from the ministry offerings because the $500 a month would cover my personal expenses The ministry owned the housing where I lived, so I didn't have any housing expenses. So this thing this man did against me really worked together for great good. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to God's purpose. A lot of people misuse this scripture. They say all things work together for good in life. No, that's not true. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called. If you're called by God, all things work together for good. If you belong to God, if you are the elect of God, chosen by God, born again, then all things work together for good. Well, it certainly worked together for my benefit and to help the ministry. This is what we are going to see in the story of Joseph. All things working together for good. Things that that you would think would be disastrous. God used them to raise up Joseph, to make him visible. And also it was going to be used in a period of famine to save the entire nation of Israel. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery when he was 17. Genesis 39, verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down into Egypt. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Now, this is so interesting because Joseph was 17 and had nothing when they brought him down into Egypt. He he had the clothes that he was wearing. That was all Joseph had, and he was 17 years old. But God was with him, and he's going to turn the events to make Joseph into a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that Joseph did to prosper. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. And the Egyptian made him overseer over his house and all that he had put into his hand. Verse 5, And it came to pass from the time that he had made Joseph overseer in his house 
and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Verse 6. And the Egyptian left all that he had in Joseph's hand because God kept blessing it. And he recognized that the blessing was coming through Joseph. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Everything is going well. Now a problem is going to arise. Joseph's uh, master's wife sets her eyes on Joseph and tries to get Joseph to have sex with her. Verse 8, but Joseph refused. And Joseph said to his master's wife, Behold, my master knows not what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he hath to my hands. He trusts me. There is none greater in the house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? I've heard of so many church-going people who commit fornication and commit adultery. And they don't seem to see that it's a sin against God, though they are church-going people. It just seems impossible that you wouldn't know this is a sin against God. But apparently they don't recognize that. They try, try to hide it from other people. But they don't seem to know it's a sin against God. But Joseph knew, and he fled from fornication. At one point he was working in the house alone, and the master's wife saw him, and she tried to get him to have sex with her and he refused again and this time she grabbed his garment and he just let her tear it off of him and he fled without his garment so after he fled she told the other servants of um, this captain of the guard she told the other servants that joseph had tried to force her into sex then when her master came home she said, look what this Hebrew has done who you brought in to be a servant. He tried to have sex with me. Here's his garment. He fled. So the master was very angry with Joseph. Verse 19. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath, the master's wrath, was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. So here Joseph goes from being second in charge to being a prisoner in the dungeon. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. 
and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. So Joseph ended up being in charge of the prison. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And the keeper of the prison saw that. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. As we know next, after Joseph is removed from the prison and taken to Pharaoh, Pharaoh has some dreams. God gives Joseph the interpretation of the dreams. Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of the entire nation of Egypt. Everything is under the control of Joseph. Only Pharaoh is above Joseph. And Joseph knows a famine is coming on the land, so he works out a way to save grain because he knows there's going to be seven years of famine. And that exalts Joseph in the sight of Pharaoh and makes him in charge of Egypt. So he rises to the top everywhere he is, even though people lie against him and do great harm to him. Everywhere he is taken, he rises to the top because God gives him things, dreams, interpretation, all those things to show him and cause him to prosper. Here is a promise of God that is presented in Isaiah 54:17, but this promise of God is definitely valid for the elect of God today. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall arise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is a heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. God will give us something that will cause us to prosper, and that weapon that's formed against us will not win out over us. I've had many examples of this in my own life where something came up against me and God gave me information and when I did what God said, I overcame. And that weapon did not prosper against me. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And our righteousness is of him, saith the Lord. Why? Because he tells us what to do, and we do it, and that is our righteousness because, like Abraham, we obeyed God in the problem. So we will always overcome through God by hearing what God has to say and then doing what he tells us to do. Romans 8.28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to God's purpose. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.